If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg, bringing you a bonus break. The bonus break is a short episode that you can listen to while taking a coffee break or a midday walk. And walk away with something that helps you and your nonprofit be stronger and have an even brighter future. And today, I'm going to be sharing with you a very important part of strategic planning, which is the big, bold goal. One of the reasons I really wanted to focus on strategic planning is that I've been fielding a lot of questions from former clients and prospective clients around strategic planning. You see, most of last year, I was saying to folks, 2020 is not the time to really be doing strategic planning. There are too many unknowns. Well, we are now in 2021. We see the hopefully end of the pandemic and a new normal starting to emerge. We now have a little more stability where we can predict what the next three and four years are going to look like. So now is a good time to be thinking about strategic planning. And that is why next week, next Thursday, March 25th, I am going to be hosting a webinar. And the title of it is Everything You Wanted to Know About Strategic Planning But Were Afraid to Ask. Folks that attend this webinar, it's going to be an hour long, will walk away knowing if they need a new plan and also if they're even ready to begin the planning process. They'll also walk away with a good sense of the stages of strategic planning, what they should expect from a consultant, and also some thoughts about overcoming common objections that staff members or board members may have about strategic planning. So if you are interested, make sure you go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com and sign up for this free webinar. Today, though, we're going to be talking about a piece of strategic planning that we are not covering in the webinar, and that is the big, bold goal. Part of what sets great, exceptional strategic plans apart from those that are good is the big, bold goal. 
One of my pet peeves, and I say this to prospective clients all the time, is that I don't do 5% better strategic plans. So if as an organization you want to create a plan where you get 5% better and have 5% more impact next year and 5% more impact the year after that, I am not your person. I tell prospective clients all the time, if what you want is that 5% plan, you can probably do that without a consultant. You probably could just tweak a few things each year and get 4 5 or 6% better. And so the big, bold goal is something that helps propel your plan from a 5% better plan to a radically better plan. And what I say when I mean that is this big, bold goal is not something that you're going to achieve in a three- or four-year strategic plan. It might take you 20 years to achieve it. And we're not going to plan for 20 years. But what we have to do then is help create this plan that over the next three or four years, is going to substantially move you toward this big, bold goal, what you as an organization want to have achieved 20 years from now or 25 years from now. And so it's often this decades-long goal, and that's what helps take your plan to the next level because you aren't just thinking three years out. You are thinking decades out. After all, the vast majority of nonprofits are dealing with issues and causes that are systemic and that probably are not going to go away in three years or four years or five years. So let's talk about a big, bold goal. There are four ways that you know you have a big, bold goal. I'm also going to give you some examples, but first let me lay this out for you. The first is that a big, bold goal feels impossible to do right now. In fact, when you first hear someone say what their organization's big, bold goal is, you probably will think, eh, that's not possible. Can't happen. The second is that it has to inspire you. Assuming you care about the cause, you care about the mission, it has to inspire you. And it has to inspire other people who care deeply about your organization's mission. Number three, a big, bold goal always requires a new level of creativity and innovation. If you could achieve your big, bold goal by being 20% more impactful and 20% better every year, you know, it's probably not a big enough goal and it's not a bold enough goal. If you can achieve it by doing just more of the same, you know, you could do so much more if you thought outside the box. And the fourth is that a big, bold goal must be objectively measurable. So that way you don't, in two years or three years, just declare victory and say, well, we did it. But also so everyone will know when you have achieved it. So then there can actually be a community-wide or worldwide celebration, depending on the scope of your mission. So I want to share with you three different big, bold goals of three different organizations, and also share with you a little bit about why they're big, bold goals and how they're going about achieving them. The first is probably one that has been in process for the longest, and that is Rotary International. And so way, way back in 1979, Rotary International started to work on immunizing children against polio in several countries. 
They did not yet have a huge goal of saying we are going to eliminate polio from the face of the earth. But do you know what? After they'd done this work in countries for about half a decade, they saw the impact that polio had on children and families' lives. They saw people who would be paralyzed forever because they were not immunized in time. And they said to themselves, no one, no one anywhere on this planet should ever again get polio. And so in 1985, if we think about that, I think that's like 36 years ago, they announced that they were going to make sure that every child in the world was immunized against polio. Now, when they first did this, you know, there were some people in the public health world and there were some global public health organizations who said, eh, that's a noble goal. But, you know, Rotary, you've just been doing some volunteer and medical vaccination efforts in a few countries. Polio is in dozens of countries and tens of thousands of children are getting it every single year. So this goal is a little ambitious. But Rotary continued to do its work and came up with some new and innovative ways to mobilize volunteers that partner with healthcare organizations and Rotary clubs in those countries to actually immunize children. And they started to very slowly make progress in eliminating the virus in some countries. And just three years later, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and UNICEF all joined in with Rotary to spearhead an initiative to, guess what, eliminate polio from the face of the earth. And so remember I said a big, bold goal always requires that you think collaboratively, and so they had to get collaborators. Then for the next almost 20 years, organizations, governmental organizations, private organizations, and Rotary who care deeply about eliminating polio continued to work in countries, on the ground, immunizing children. And just so you all know, if you're not aware, the polio immunization for in a lot of countries is just a drop. It's a drop on the tongue, and then it will immunize the child. And so they went year after year immunizing more children, immunizing more children, and they started to make real progress. We started to see polio get pushed out of country after country after country. And then something kind of amazing happened in 2007. So you think about this, almost 30 years after they first started immunizing children and over 20 years after they announced their big, bold goal to immunize every child in the world, the Gates Foundation initiated a partnership and said, we're going to fund an additional $100 million to eliminating polio. And by the way, Since 2007, the Gates Foundation has thrown even more resources and more money behind it. And today, through all of this collaborative effort, polio is only in two countries in this world. And a couple things i got to share with you. The first is, that's an incredible, incredible achievement. And the CDC estimates that the work of Rotary and their partners, like the World Health Organization and UNICEF, has saved 17 million people across the world from being paralyzed by polio. But here's what we know. There are still a few cases of active polio in the community in two countries. 
And as long as polio is anywhere in this world, it can surge back to everywhere in this world. And so these organizations are not giving up. They will continue to work to eradicate polio in those countries. And I not only believe, I know that in my lifetime, probably in the next five to 10 years, polio will be eliminated from the face of the earth. Now, that's a big, bold goal. Once again, though, that's also a goal that you can't achieve in a three to five year strategic plan. And Rotary has had lots of leadership transitions over the last 40 years as it has pursued this goal. It also has had multiple planning processes and strategic plans. But, you know, every single leadership transition and every single strategic plan has worked to move the organization toward this goal. If you want to be a leader in Rotary, you first have to be committed to eradicating polio. And if you want to get a plan approved in Rotary, it better have something to do with eradicating polio if it's a large strategic plan for an entire Rotary district. It better include something about eradicating polio because that march continues. There's another big, bold goal I want to share with you. It is also an international one. The third big, bold goal is a domestic one. So there's an organization called SolarAid, and they have a radical, truly radical, big, bold goal to eliminate the kerosene lamp from Africa. I just want you to think about this for a minute. Some folks might be going, well, why is that a big, bold goal? Well, the first reason is in large sections of sub-Saharan Africa, there is not an electric grid. So it's not like you can just plug a light into your wall or have it hardwired into your ceiling and flip a switch and turn a light on. And so for a lot of people, for millions of people in sub-Saharan Africa, how they see at night is using a kerosene lamp. And those kerosene lamps kill thousands of people every year. They do it because of fires, and they also do it because of the toxic fumes. So when SolarAid said, we're going to eliminate the kerosene lamp from Africa, you know, that's a, that's a huge goal. A lot of people and first say, eh, that's not possible. It's too expensive to have a grid that goes all the way across the country. And those same people would also say solar is cost prohibitive for the vast majority of people living without electricity in Africa because they've got to buy a small panel. It's got to be attached to their, to their house or their roof. And then, of course, they've also got to buy the light that works with the small solar panel. So they would say, well, that is cost prohibitive. Not going to happen. Is it inspirational, though? Yes, it's absolutely inspirational. And SolarAid, true to the big, bold goal paradigm, said, you know what? This is possible if we think about this in a new way, if we think about this creatively. And so what they did was they helped find ways to manufacture the solar panels in a more affordable way. And then they came up with this concept of trade, not aid. And so they actually would provide microfinancing to help set people up in the business of creating and selling these affordable solar panels. So now they are not only spreading solar panels across sub-Saharan Africa, they're also doing economic development because it's trade, not aid. They've done some other things too. Like, for example, they've set up solar charging stations all across sub-Saharan Africa. And so that allows people to go and charge electric devices that they can then take home and use. And what does that do? That opens up the internet, 
that opens up banking, finance, and many other things. And literally, it helps to lift families out of poverty. But what you see here is a really creative way of dealing with how you're going to achieve this big, bold goal. If someone said, well, we can't afford to put in a power grid all across Africa and, you know, solar's cost prohibitive, so, oh, well, I guess the kerosene lamp is with us forever, then thousands of people, thousands more people would be dying of fires and fumes every single year. So solar aid is another great example. Before I move off of solar aid, I also have to point out, kind of like eradicating polio, it's pretty measurable. You know, you know when there are No kerosene lamps left in Africa. It's pretty measurable because someone can literally go from place to place and just never see a kerosene lamp. Now, listeners, I know some folks are saying, Dolph, all right, these are international examples, and and we're not an international organization. We we serve a community, or we serve a, a state, or maybe even the entire United States. And I'll share with you that's fair. So I wanted to make sure that I also shared a big, bold goal example that is domestic. And that is Share Our Strength, which is an anti-hunger organization here in the United States. You've probably heard of it. Well, they have a big, bold goal to end childhood hunger in America. And I paused because I wanted you to think about that. Really think about ending childhood hunger in America. When you first hear it, you think, wow, that is a steep, steep mountain to climb. I don't know if we're going to be able to achieve that. I can even hear some people say to themselves, well, it's an admirable goal, but I don't see how it's going to happen. Share Our Strength has taken an interesting approach on this. Their take on this, and by the way, this just makes kind of common sense. America doesn't have a shortage of food. But yet, nevertheless, many people in our nation go to bed hungry every night. But it's not because we aren't producing the food. Food is going to waste. And so Share Our Strength is looking at how to end childhood hunger from three different directions. The first is they are creating feeding programs and really setting those up all over the United States. But you know what? They're not doing it themselves. They're doing it in partnership. Because one of the things we know is that a big, bold goal can't be accomplished alone. It can only be accomplished collaboratively. But then they're also looking at this from a policy perspective. So when I say policy perspective, what I mean is actually, for example, working with school districts and working with city councils to start to develop policies that make sense and that help ensure that food gets to people. And then the last piece is they're also doing advocacy work because, you know, one of the best ways to ensure that children get fed is to advocate for laws that result in children getting fed, whether that's an increase in food assistance or other nutritional programs, whatever it might be, one of the best ways to do that is through legislative advocacy. So Share Our Strength is attacking this issue from three different fronts. And they're doing this with partners, and they're doing this collaboratively. That is a big goal. And so one of the things that I want you to think about, if you're thinking about strategic planning, just dream for a minute. 
what could your big, bold goal be? Of course, as you get into the strategic planning process and as you're doing your environmental scan and talking to stakeholders, you know, that could change. But really, just dream for a minute. What would it look like if your organization had a big, bold goal? I could see an organization that serves people who are homeless having a big, bold goal that everyone in their community has a home. I could see a mental health organization or an LGBTQ organization having a big, bold goal of ending the torture of youth through the use of reparative therapy. And and I say reparative therapy in quotes. I just, it is not therapy and it is not reparative. But imagine that if you're an LGBTQ organization or a youth organization and you say, you know, we're going to end the torture of LGBTQ youth in our state or in our country. Like, that's pretty inspirational. It seems kind of impossible at first, but I promise you, if you build the partnerships and you're thinking in really creative and innovative ways, you can make it happen. How about this as a big, bold goal, maybe for a legal organization? Every indigent client in our city or in our state has a lawyer. Or if you're a children's health care organization or you're working with kids, every child has a pediatrician and is at their wellness checkups. So just really dream and think about what your big, bold goal might be. And in the planning process, as you start to really drill down on that goal and finalize that goal, once you've got the goal, you know, we can, we can all figure out how to reverse engineer it and how to create some experiments and to iterate and to create a model and find a way for you to make a big impact by achieving something that today seems impossible, but in 2040 or 2050 will seem obvious. So listeners, I definitely wanted to jump on here and present this concept of the big, bold goal. I do believe that the big, bold goal is part of what separates great strategic plans, exceptional strategic plans from those that are good, but not great. Now, if you want to know more about strategic planning, make sure that you sign up for our strategic planning webinar on March 25th. Again, you're going to walk away with a sense of whether or not you even need a new strategic plan, whether you are ready to begin a planning process, you'll better understand the stages of strategic planning. And what's more, you'll also walk away with some ideas about how to overcome objections from board members or staff members about strategic planning. And so if you want to register for that, just go to SuccessfulNonprofits.com and a box will pop right up. It's easy to register. That, listeners, is our show for the week. I hope that you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And just a quick reminder, I am not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. If your organization finds yourself in need of that type of advice, I strongly suggest that you find a local, qualified, licensed professional who can help. And if you're not sure who to turn to, 
reach out to me. I am happy to suggest folks if I know people in your community.